Welcome to Your Brain Speaks, a podcast about mental health, life, and anything in between. My name is Lise, and I'm glad you're here. Please relax, grab a snack, and let's chat. This is Your Brain Speaks. Well, hey there, Starshines. Welcome back to the podcast. I appreciate you bearing with me through that last episode and coming back this week. Your listening is appreciated more than you know. Speaking of last week's episode, I received a lot of feedback from some of you and I'm so thankful and excited because I have some pretty awesome stuff in store for the podcast and I really hope that you stick around to see it. So I want to begin by telling a little story from way back. I was probably like six or seven, but at the time, my older sister and I shared a room. I don't remember exactly what we were doing that led to all of this, but at some point my sister and I ended up, or at least thought we ended up locked in our room. And as a kid, I had totally irrational fears of literally anything, but one of my biggest ones was being stuck in a room where I couldn't get out of. So as soon as I realized that we might have been locked in, I started to panic. I specifically remember feeling like I was running out of air to breathe. It felt like my body went straight into survival mode and I ended up punching out the screen in our window. Needless to say, my parents weren't happy. I specifically remember the look on my dad's face when he saw it. His jaw dropped completely to the floor. So for that, I'm sorry mom and dad, but that, my friends, was a panic attack. Panic disorder is a type of anxiety disorder that causes panic attacks like the one that I just told you about, and it's awful. People living with a panic disorder are in constant fear of the next attack because the panic attacks are real and they're intense. If you listen to my anxiety episode, I went over how the symptoms of a panic attack were just like the ones of a heart attack, which causes the panic to increase. I myself have witnessed many panic attacks like this, and they're really hard. The thing with panic attacks, though, is that they can come up no matter what you're doing, where you are, or how you're feeling. And the physical symptoms are enough to really scare you. I have personally experienced a fast heart rate. I've seen my heart rate go up to 160 beats per minute during an attack. I've become nauseous, sweating, hyperventilating, and I felt like there wasn't enough space. And others have felt their chest tighten, tingling in their hands, stomach pain, and other symptoms that can sometimes end you up in the emergency room. The good thing about a panic attack, though, is that they end. And even though it may be hard to remember in the moment, there are ways to stop or at least calm a panic attack. I found these after the panic attack that I had last week. Some of these have helped me in the past and some of them I've never heard of, but I want this to be out there because these can really help a lot of people. One thing to keep in mind is that in a panic attack, your mind and your imagination will go wild on worst case scenarios. While these thoughts are intrusive, most of them are only there because of your brain's connection with the panic attack and they are not real. Don't believe everything that your mind is telling you during a panic attack because your thoughts can be your worst enemy when it comes to that state. Also, one of the best things to do when you're in a panic attack is to ground yourself. When you're in a panic attack, your symptoms can make you feel really disoriented, which can, of course, make a lot of things worse. Grounding is basically keeping your mind and body in check, and it could look like many different things, like putting your hands in water and focusing on the temperature of the water or how the water feels on your fingertips. You can also listen to your surroundings and focus on the sounds that you hear, or simply focus on your breathing. A very common grounding technique is the 5-4-3-2-1 method. 
and that is counting backwards from five using your senses to make a list. For example, listing five things that you can hear, four things that you can see, three things that you can touch, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. This is something that almost always calms down my anxiety. Understanding what your body does during a panic attack can also help you navigate through one. Knowing that it's common for a panic attack to make you breathe faster or to make your heart beat faster or your chest feel tighter can reduce the anxiety that's coming from the physical side effects of your panic attack, which in some cases can be enough to calm you completely out of the attack. Something also as simple as ice cubes can help. Oftentimes, holding something uncomfortable, like the freezing temperatures of ice, will force your mind to focus on something other than the anxiety. What you do is you squeeze an ice cube in one hand for as long as you can stand it, and then you do the same on your other hand. A lot of times the anxiety is significantly reduced by the time you're done squeezing the ice in that second hand. And last but not least, another thing that helps me out when I'm feeling panicky is being reflective. And for me, this looks like writing down everything that I'm feeling. This allows your brain to visualize your feelings and it gives your brain time not only to feel what you're feeling, but understand the feelings as well. Like I said earlier, when panic attacks happen, it's so easy to be hard on yourself about it. At least I am, but I do want to level with you guys for a second about that. There's already a huge stigma about panic attacks and panic disorder in general. It's not going to do a whole lot of good if we stigmatize ourselves as well. I'm not perfect. I still do it all the time. It's not going to be something that can be corrected overnight. That's like telling someone with depression to just be happy. However, I do think it's very important to recognize the self-talk that we do when we are hard on ourselves. The negative self-talk is what's going to hurt you in the long run. A lot of people think along the lines of, I have a panic disorder, so that means I'm crazy. Or, people don't like me because I have panic attacks and freak out. And in most cases, the thoughts are much more harsh, but that's just kind of the outline. If you're someone who does this, let me point something out to you, and it's going to sound cliche, but hear me out. Panic disorders are a mess. They just are. It's really difficult living day to day not knowing when your next attack will be or what's going to set it off. We live being so upset with ourselves because of how our minds are wired, because these attacks happen, and sometimes they happen for no reason. But what a lot of people don't realize, even if you do have panic disorder, is that this disorder doesn't prove the stigma right. You're not crazy. You're not weak. You can't go through life living panic attack to panic attack and still be weak because these attacks feel like they stop time. And every time an attack happens, you're the one that's walking away from it. You're the one that stands right back up to continue your life and not a single weak-minded individual can do that. So next time you're kicking yourself for having a panic attack, remember that you're the one who stands back up and you're the one that keeps going. Everyone should keep in mind that we're all human regardless of our mental health. Before I conclude this episode, I want to share something that I came across this week. This is a letter written by Hattie Gladwell called An Open Letter to My Anxiety. I read this and it felt like the words were coming right out of my brain and it's given me a new perspective on a lot of things. I think that it could do the same for a lot of people. Again, these aren't my words. This is just something that I want to share with you. To my anxiety. I'm not sure how I can call you that mine because most of the time I don't feel like you belong to me I feel as though I belong to you 
I'm not sure why you chose me, but I wish you hadn't. I can't remember the first time you appeared. I just know that when you did, it was sudden. It was like my brain chemistry had changed. Something didn't feel right. Something fell off, and it was you. Suddenly, you made me feel terrified of so many things. So many things that before you, I didn't give a care in the world about. But you changed me. I turned from an outgoing person into a shell. The loudest person in the room to the quietest. The most motivated, determined person to the one being worried that I didn't deserve anything. You turned me into a person who questioned everything. Not just about myself, but others too. You forced my mind to constantly tell me that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't worth anything, that I wasn't good at my job, that I wasn't good at my hobbies, that I wasn't a good friend. You fill my head with thoughts about whether my friends truly like me, whether my relationships are real, and whether I'm too much work to be loved. You make me feel like I'm being stared at by everyone in the room, even when nobody's looking. You choke me up and make me obsess over my words. Did I come across badly? Did I say that wrong? Did I upset them? You make me feel guilty for things nobody else should feel guilty for. You make me feel like everyone's watching me, even when they aren't paying any attention. You make me feel like when I'm in a crowded room, I'm being suffocated. You make me want to leave when the party is just getting started. You make nighttime hard. What used to be an easy process of having a bath and going to bed has turned into checking every lock, that the oven is off, and that the plugs are unplugged because I fear for my safety in my own home. You make me scared to be alone at night in case something goes wrong. You make me lay awake, overthinking every mistake that I've made. Pulling in memories from years ago and bringing them to the forefront of my mind, making me cringe at things I've said and done when I hadn't even thought about them in years. You make me pick out my insecurities and worry about what everyone else is going to think about me. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to care. But you make me. I now get anxious in certain clothes, worrying that I don't look good enough, worried that people are laughing at me on the inside even when they aren't. You make me anxious about my life, obsessing over a future that hasn't even happened yet. Am I good enough for my job? Will I lose it? What happens when I do? Even though I was totally capable beforehand. You've made me fear for my own health. Every headache could be a brain tumor. Every twinge in my leg could be a blood clot. Every cough could be cancer. Little symptoms that I've always had become more apparent and more noticeable. And it's all because of you. You make my heart race and you cause me to panic. When you overwhelm my head too much, I struggle to breathe. The heart palpitations that you give me make my chest hurt. The memory loss you cause me fills me with unease. You consume me and it makes it hard to enjoy my life. It's like you've stripped all the fun away and filled the emptiness with doubts. Doubts about myself, doubts about other people, doubts about what I can achieve in my life. You make me feel alone and at times it's hard to leave the house. The idea of walking to the shops fills me with dread. I've forgotten how many times I've canceled on friends' moments before leaving the house because I just can't do it. I've missed out on so much. So many moments that could have been amazing. So many things that could have been fun, all because you convinced me that I couldn't do it. I've tried therapy to help beat you, but you're insistent on staying. I've tried to defeat you with medication, and while sometimes you leave for a little while, 
you always walk back through that door. I'm determined to not let you control my life. I'm determined to push you out of the door and change the locks. Because, dear anxiety, I don't want you anymore. I don't want you to have me anymore. You've already done enough damage. You've made your point, and I hope I'm making mine. You won't be with me forever. We're going to have a breakup from this one-sided relationship eventually. It's unhealthy, and it can't go on. I will not stop trying to rid you from my life. I will not let you consume me like you have for so long. It might not be now, and it might not be tomorrow, but someday with my determination, I will make sure that you leave. So don't get any more comfortable than you already are. So again, those were not my own words, but it's something that I read that I felt like I wrote. I felt every single piece of that letter, and I hope that the new perspective that that letter gave me is the same new perspective that it gives you. And that concludes this episode. I want to say thank you so much to everyone who listens and follows me on social media. If you aren't already, you can find me on Facebook by searching Your Brain Speaks Podcast. You can find my Instagram, which is Brain Speaks Podcast, and you can find my Twitter at Brain Speaks Pod. Keep an eye out for announcements and other posts so that you can stay engaged, and I will see you guys next Thursday. No matter what, you matter. Be kind and love hard. The world needs you, and have a bitchin' day. Thank <laughs> you.